Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me as always is my co-host Chuck Bailey. And welcome to Oscar with the sexy voice late hour. (laughs) That that bronchitis is really working wonders for your phone sex line voice, mate. Oh yeah, sound good. It's like, uh, wasn't that an episode of Friends too, where she has like a, Rachel has like a sexy sick voice or something? That's Phoebe, Uh, Phoebe, isn't it? Yeah, Phoebe has the sexy, the sexy cold. Yeah, that's what it is. So I got that. In case you are listening, I do have a, a case of the bronchitis. It got me. So, uh. My voice sounds a bit off this week. <laughs> Chuckling in the background there is uh, super producer Ian Stimson. How we doing, Ian? Yeah, I'm just worried about the amount of EQ I'm going to have to do on your voice to make you sound anything <laughs> close to human. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I do. I sound like a sad gremlin or something. <laughs> I don't really know exactly. Are you feeling rough, Oscar? Yeah, not feeling great, but we're going to power through. I'm here for the people. I'm here to do it. Good, man. That's commitment. I'm committed, if nothing else. So we're back. The international break is over. We had a mailbag episode last time around. But today we're going to get back to our standard format. So we're going to start it off with some news. The rapid fire news that's neither rapid nor really news. Um, Take you into the main segments where we're going to talk a little bit of um, top three, a little bit of West Ham, a little bit of Spurs. Take a break. Come back with listener questions, predictions for the upcoming weekend. And wrap it up. How's that sound to you, boys? Sounds good. Be back. Good. Great. All right. So let's get right into it with our rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you expect me to play that live every week? Yeah, I thought you were going to do the thing again. Okay, hang on. I'll drop it in now. Brilliant. No, I'm not going to do it. Thanks, I'm mate. going to drop it in <laughs> in the edit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was my reaction. Brilliant. For oh, fuck's good. sake. I- I'll drop that in as well. <laughs> And then drop that in and cut this bit. Oh, fuck it. (laughs) So, rapid fire news story number one. Zlatan Ibrahimovic scores his 500th career goal with a spinning back ninja kick. Gets in a fight after the match. Chuck, (laughs) is he the biggest dickhead in all world soccer? Yeah, it sounds about right. Didn't they they lose that game 5-3? I know they were down 3-0 when he scored, so it made it 3-1. I didn't see the final scoreline. Commentators having an absolute orgasm over it because it was his 500th goal, and it, it, it is impressive. But yes, he's a fucking knob. But yeah, the, the he, Toronto, the Toronto fans were applauding him, which I was when I was watching. It, I was thinking that would never happen in English football. <laughs> Just would I never mean, no. Happen. In fairness, though, if someone scores that goal, even if it was, I mean, basically, unless they were Arsenal or Liverpool player, I'd give him a standing ovation for that goal too. That's a fucking ridiculous goal that he scored. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's a fine line with ridiculous goals because Palace have been on the receiving end of quite a few, and I've been there for. I mean, I was there and saw the Giro Scorpion kick. Oof. <laughs> That's when everyone just kind of sat there and just went, "Yep." Yeah, <laughs> yep. but that is the difference. Uh, English crowd go, "Yeah, fair enough, mate." Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, well done, mate. <laughs> like, you know, and I was the there. Yeah, I was there when Kasami scored the ridiculous goal against Palace as well, the Fulham one. I think I think yeah, two out of the last three seasons or four seasons we've had goal of the season scored against us. So, and I was there for both of the fuckers. Yeah, we are our Americans are fundamentally more excitable than you guys. Mm. We love we love clapping, we love yelling and cheering for anything. Honestly, I'm surprised the USA chant didn't break out after that goal just because any <laughs> excuse, right? USA, USA. 
Um, but he, like, I gotta say, other than being the biggest dickhead that I can think of, like, speaking in the third person and making up hashtags, like, dare, dare to Zlatan and all that shit, he genuinely scores goals on purpose that look like they should be by accident. Yeah. Like, everyone talks about his black belt and karate and all that. He, like, you can tell that he has a black belt from the goals that he scores. It's not the first time he's done, like, a ninja kick to score a goal. The, the guy's insane. Yeah, he scored some ridiculous ones. I remember it was one for United against City, I think, where it was just like snapshot out of midair, about like four and a half foot in the air, and he just cannons it straight in at the near post. Like there was an alleyway of about, uh, probably only a couple of inches wider than the ball to get it through, and he just fucking nails it. Like that kind of, that side of his game is impressive, but yeah, maybe if he just shut up, I don't know. Yeah, and he is pretty lazy too. Like he doesn't get about. He's like, but he puts goals away enough to. He is fucking old obviously. though. As a footballer, he's fucking old. He's like thirty six, thirty seven. Yeah, I mean, we, they don't get to the MLS until they're ready to retire. So, yeah, yeah. it's about that age. Cash it in on that Yankee dollar. Slatan reminds me a little bit of Chuck though, because he's simultaneously an absolute legend and a total. <laughs> yeah, and we both got ponytails and outrageous goatees. And uh, Chuck also only needs a couple inches to get it in. It's like, it's like bullseyeing a womp rat in a T-16. Pow! <laughs> back in Beggar's Canyon back home, yeah? Mm. For someone who claims to not like Star Wars, you, you would throw as many references out there as whoa, I do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> the I, never said, I never said I didn't like Star Wars. Ever. I do like Star Wars. However, I maintain that they are massively overrated as films. Mm. Okay. All right, I'll allow it. I'll allow Star Wars it. episode next international break. We would, yeah, we would need to do that. It would, it would take about forty-five minutes of Oscar bitching and moaning, and then he'd realise that I'm just right. So, all right, well, dare to chuck. Moving on, just gonna leave that alone. Uh, news story number two: N'Golo Kante misses the train home, starts talking to a fan, and accepts an invitation to go eat curry at his house for dinner. Yeah. The flip side of that is N'Golo Kante, the nicest person in all of world football. Ian, take it away. Right, I, I actually I haven't seen this one, so I was hoping you two could explain it to me. What happened? So I don't the the ins and outs of why he was waiting for a train on his own. You know, I mean, he's a normal man, so he might just maybe he doesn't drive. Like there are footballers who famously didn't drive. I think Adi Bayor was one. He was just like, I'm never driving in London, so. Like when he was at Palace, he had to get a chauffeur to drive him to training every fucking day. The um, <laughs> and so, so Kante was waiting for a train, and um, he's only a because Palace couldn't afford the chauffeur. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you're getting a bleep this week as well, mate. Not just me. Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got two this week already. Yeah, excellent. Um, yeah, so he goes to a mosque um, just to kind of pass the time and you know pray. And and then, yeah, gets talking to a guy there and then accepts an invitation back to his house. And then they watch like match of the day together or something. <laughs> yeah, he watched his own highlights and was yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah, it was a pretty good game, actually. He just he seems like the nicest person. We don't deserve him. Football fans, we're <laughs> such assholes. He's too good for us. Yeah, he's he's definitely dating down. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? You're better than that. <laughs> It's like when a really hot, really nice girl is dating like a fat guy who's not even funny, and you're like, "Oh, Chuck, actually, that should uh, sound familiar to you." <laughs> oh, no, oh no, I'm my word! I'm, uh, I mean, I'm only not that... picking on you because of the bronchitis, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll let it go while you're disabled. 
Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's all right. I'm just mad because he talks shit about Star Wars, so. <laughs> all right. Uh, third news story. This is going well so far, right, guys? Going really well? <laughs> yeah, why not? I've only been insulted three times this episode. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's that coding cough syrup, dude. All the inhibitions are coming down. <laughs> it's like you with the Jägermeister on that, that yeah. uh, our third or fourth episode. Oh god, is this today. your is this your Lithuanian Jaeger episode? Is this it? is my Lithuanian Jaeger episode, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Everybody needs it. It's like the jumping the shark moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm on, I'm the Fonzie on the skis right now, on the jet skis. Absolutely. Um people who don't know what jumping the shark is or the origin have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. People should jumping know. Jumping the that shark reference. is common That's knowledge, fine. isn't yeah. it? The phrase Surely. is common knowledge. I don't know if everyone knows the origin of it. Well, it was from Happy Days, wasn't it? And basically, they they ran out of ideas, and then they did an episode where Fonzie had to jump a shark on fucking water skis. Which the logistics of that is crazy. Like, how did they know when the shark was going to be right by the jump? Did they have it tied down? That seems cruel and unusual. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it's not a reality TV show would dictate <laughs> why the shark could be there at that point. I don't know if you ever heard of a scriptwriter, Oscar, but that that's kind of they. They orchestrate these things through the written medium. It's a little bit upsetting that we're jumping the shark in episode 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little bit upsetting. All right. News story number three. Wilfred Zaha claims he gets different treatment from everyone else. Feels he'd have to get his leg broken for someone to get a red card. Chuck, is he making a mountain out of a molehill? No, he, he is. Like, if you look at the stats, I think always for the last few seasons it, the top two of most fouled players in the premier league is between him and eden hazard that's yeah. like every every single year and there's no coincidence in in their style of play um because hazard is he's incredibly good on the ball and he's very direct and he's very quick so people you know they can't catch him so they stick out a leg and they and they catch him e- everywhere so that explains his. And with Zaha, he's the type of player that will end up winding up players without saying anything because he's effectively in the way he plays. He's always trying to mug people off, mm-hmm. but like get that space to, to jump into. And so I don't think he is at all because I've seen him hacked down on multiple, multiple occasions. You know, he had this image as a diver for ages, but then that was proven that he wasn't um, because there's there is literally no footage of him diving anywhere. Um, he's now being called a crybaby and a wimp when in the last game, you know, against Huddersfield, he had his foot basically stamped on by Matthias Jorgensen um, quite badly um, right across the ankle. And then in the, a couple of games ago against Watford, Etienne uh, Capoue jumped on his calf three, four minutes into the game yeah, and nothing happened. So I think it is right that I think he does get treated differently. And I'm not exactly sure why. Um, it's only been Robbie Savage actually was the first person, the pundit or expert wise that I've ever really heard come out and defend him in that way. Um, and it's just weird that he gets absolutely slated on TalkSport for being like, you know, he should toughen up and blah, 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 blah. And this is how tackles were in the seventies. It's like, right. We're not yeah, playing in the fucking seventies. Yeah. And then, and then the next day they'll be posting um, stuff out or recording things about how Neymar should be protected and shouldn't be getting fouled. It's like just because he's Neymar and he is a diving prick. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think he gets treated differently because he he's al- always going to get targeted when he, he is probably the single most influential player within any team in the Premier League. Speaking of which, how happy are you that he's OK? Jesus Christ. Um yeah, it was lucky, and he's 
he recovered very very quickly it wasn't very clear what the problem is or was sorry um with him but yeah he's he's instrumental in the palace team and and without him we don't no one else will take anything on their shoulders really and he gives other players the confidence so much more to drive forward and and you see that impact in in the team so yes incredibly happy um that he's back and love the guy he's fucking amazing yeah without him you'd have to rely on Benteke to try to score goals and we've seen how that goes well he's injured so. now so we'll we'll probably be all right I know it's not a coincidence that Benteke's out and they finally won a match and scored. Yeah, but also Zaha came back and we haven't won a we haven't earned a point without him in something like forty five games or something like that. Any game oh where he God. hasn't played, we haven't earned I think ten games without him and we didn't earn a single point in that time since the start of last season. That's uh, that's, uh, that's atrocious. That's really bad. That's worrying, yeah. 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 Um but yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, not to get overly political, but I do think that there is a racial element to it as well. Like uh, Raheem Sterling and Zaha and other black, young, rich English players tend to get criticized and analyzed more harshly than anyone else. And so when, you know, like when Eden Hazard or even Neymar gets fouled, people are like, oh, we have to protect these players who play beautifully. You know, they should stamp that out because it's not fair that they get targeted Eden Hazard gets systematically fouled by Manchester United and two players get sent off a couple of seasons ago. Like they get the protection, but then Wilfred Zaha does it and he's accused of being a diver and all that. And, I, mm-hmm. and it, it is the style of play. Like both him and Hazard get fouled a lot because of the way they play, but also specifically draw in fouls. So like Hazard does this thing where he slows yeah. down, he waits a beat, knows that the tackle's about to come in and then he hits the jets and either he's gone and now someone through a tackle yep. and they're behind him and they have no way to catch up or he got fouled. Like he knows that one of those two things is going to happen. Yeah, and Zaha exactly. does the same thing. Like he draws the fouls and then he gets fouled and it does piss players off to Definitely. get mugged off, as you said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's, he's never, he's never had a player get a red card against him. Um, really? Never. 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 Oh, wow. That's insane. Yeah, exactly. It's never happened. So, yeah, and you and you can tell he's getting fed up because in in a couple of interviews recently, the last one against Huddersfield, when he has come out and said this, like I feel that someone would have to break my leg before anything happens. A couple of interviews ago, I think it was in like the second game or whatever, when he he the journalist addressed him as people called him a diver, and he went, "Well, it's not like you can you run at full pace and have someone tap you on the ankle, like you'll go down simply because of the momentum." Now, yeah. he is one of the fastest players in the Premier League as well, and he is incredibly quick. So once he gets going, once anyone gets yeah. going, you know, it, you can go down. That's why in, in rugby, tap tackles exist. When you dive down, as the as the back leg is coming up and lifting, you tap, the, tap that foot across because you know as it comes down, the leg moving forward will catch the standing leg and they will go down. And so I don't see why it's any different in football. I'm not saying sometimes that those tackles are horrific or deserving of yellow cards or whatever, but it is very easy to make someone who is sprinting go down. It's nothing new either, is it? I mean, let's not pretend Michael Owen didn't win a ton of penalties and free kicks just by, like you say, just shooting off and either one one or two things are going to happen, exactly like Oscar said. Cool. I guess so we're all in agreement. Um, to transition now to our main segment, speaking of things that are going down, let's check back in on Burnley. Mm, you like that transition? That's good, yeah, right? That's good. good. That's yeah. like podcasting. I'm just loving. I'm just loving your voice right now. Seriously, you you are like Phoebe in Friends. I aim to please, Chuck. <laughs> oh oh god! Someone get me a wet floor sign. <laughs> gross, gross. 
yeah, so Burnley. Burnley lost. Again, we talked about how this was the time when they needed to start picking up the points. Yeah. Um, not only did they lose, but I'm pulling up the XG for it, and it was horrendously bad. Oh, really? Really, really terrible. They, uh, The XG was 3.4 for Wolves. So they only scored one on three point four. That was a pretty bad finishing day for Wolves. Yeah, yeah. Wolves, the Wolves was what that was one of the only games where I hadn't seen the highlights. But everything I'd seen about it was Wolves saying the one nil scoreline massively flattered Burnley. It really did. They had thirty shots, I believe. Fuck me. Thirty shots, and not even like so. Burnley in previous seasons had conceded a lot of shots, but they were all from terrible positions, and so that's still low xG. That's Chelsea have used that tactic for years now in the Champions League. Like against Barcelona, give up 50 shots, but none of them are from inside the box, so whatever. Yeah. But these were, like, all from the penalty spot. Like, Wolves yeah. really should have should have put this away much more than 1-0. And Burnley only generated 0.2. So it's 3.4 to 0.2. That is a fucking beatdown. May. <laughs> and Wolves are good, but they're a promoted team. Like, Burnley, who finished yeah. in the Europa spots, should be... Should be, if they aim to be the team that they were last year, beating promoted teams, even if Wolves are having a good start. Like, that's yeah. fucking atrocious. Burnley are what you would consider an established Premier League team these days, but oh, absolutely, are yeah. not playing like it. No. And I, and we talked a lot about this, so I don't want to harp on the point too much, but I think this is more the true Burnley than the last two seasons have been. I think they rode some lucky streaks and some hot finishing to better results than, and that, that's insane to say, right, because they didn't score a lot, but they still overperformed yeah. their XG and underperformed their conceded, and, and now we're seeing them regress to the mean, which I think a lot of people don't really understand what regression to the mean is. Um, it's not like, oh, I was good for a while, so now I have to be bad to balance mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. It's, I was good for a while, like now I'm... Gambler's gonna... fallacy. Right, yeah. that's a gambler's fallacy, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been black five times in a row. It's got to be red next. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, well, well acquainted with that. Yeah, yeah fuck roulette, man. <laughs> <laughs> but this is regression to the mean in that literally this is this is where they should be. This is the average of yeah. their results and their statistics. So it's not that they were hot and now they're bad to balance it out. It's that they were hot and now they're where they should be. Yeah. Um. So there are. Do we think they have like this was it right? This was their chance to start putting shit together and they look even worse than the other matches. Like they're done. They're going down, right? Yeah, it's it's like we said last time. You know, they they don't play the style of football that means that they can chase chase it back, or like you know, because they don't play super attacking. They they rely on defensive fortitude and getting the odd goal here and there. So yeah, I really do worry about them, especially if they're not going to be able to push forward from here. Um, and exactly like you said, you know, to have a game where it's three point four xg to zero point two. So it means that they're they're not even creating good looks against a team like Wolves. Wolves have been good this season, but like you said, they're they're a recently promoted team and they're also a very attacking team. So, you know, they should be trying to go for these games at least a little bit. But I just wonder if, like we said at the very beginning of the season, uh, when we looked at last year with the impact like David De Gea had on Man United, do you think not having... Tom Heaton or Nick Pope is a is a massive factor for for Burnley as well. I want to say yes and no. I think yes in that having the two of them in the past allowed them to overperform their results, and I think that was the source of the overperformance. Um, but no in that it was inevitable that they even with those keepers they would eventually come back down to their stats, and so I don't necessarily lay the blame at Joe Hart because. 
you know, given the chances that they were giving up against Wolves and that they've been giving up against other teams, like, yeah. there are few keepers in the world, even stick Manuel Neuer in there, who are going to do what, you know, get Burnley to a higher position than where they're at. Um, I just want to point out something you commented on in that is sort of in fairness to Burnley, um, which is that Wolves have actually been a very good defensive team this year so far. Um, they're actually third in the table for expected goals allowed behind only Liverpool and City, ahead of Watford and ahead of Chelsea. So they've done a very good job defending so far, um, to their credit. Everyone is kind of thinking of them as a hot attacking team because they have put away some good goals, but they're only ranked 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, ninth for XG generated throughout the season so far. So that's right definitively mid-table. But they have had a very, very good defensive start. So just throwing that out there. Um, but you know who haven't had a good defensive start to transition to another team is Spurs. Spurs losing to Liverpool this weekend 2-1. Also losing today as we record, they just lost to Inter 2-1 oh, in wow, the Champions League. Yep. Previously also notably losing to Watford 2-1. That kind of seems to be their favorite scoreline. <laughs> um, yeah. And Liverpool looked like they could have scored a whole lot more than that. Yeah. Um, so what are we what are we thinking on Spurs? Well, judging by you know, so I've just pulled it up. Yeah, they lost two one today, and they they were one nil up and conceded in the eighty fifth and the ninety second minute against Inter. Now they were at the San Siro, but do you think this plays into the tiredness thing, right? This like they haven't looked good, they haven't looked cohesive. You know, there's all this shit going on with Hugo Lloris, where oh he's injured now miraculously mm. after drink driving and all that kind of stuff but like Eric Dyer's looked like crap Deli Ali isn't in the team now um Sun has just come back from a ridiculous World Cup stroke Asia Games anti-military <laughs> service parade <laughs> like just fact you don't you don't concede goals that late on in games when you're in control if if you're not if you're not starting to flag and and not putting teams away yeah, I agree. Um, I think we talked about Harry Kane and his worrying underlying statistics and maybe the narrative sort of papering over the cracks there with him winning the Golden Boot at the World Cup, him coming in second place in the Golden Boot last season, mostly off the back of his performances before the injury, mm-hmm. and him finally breaking his duck in August and everyone being like, see, he scored in August, he's fine. But I heard on the Guardian Football Weekly podcast, I was listening to that on my way into work this morning. And one of the stats that they noted was that last season against Liverpool, he had 45 high-intensity sprints. And in this match the other day, he only had eight. So, like, that is troublingly falling off. And partially that's that's contextual, right? Yeah, the style of play is different because now they're playing Lucas Moura off of him. So so he isn't getting forward and isn't playing as a lone striker as much and creating the space. You know, that's left on Moura. And then yeah, kind so of has... that is a contextual stat, but like, still, that's mm. that's so much less. And and we yeah. talked about all the other stats before. And like, I think the narrative hasn't been yet, but it's starting to approach: is he tired? Slash, is he different post injury? And I think that that's going to start to become more and more of a story as the season goes yeah. on. Well, according to the newspapers, he gets paid so much money that he shouldn't be getting tired. <laughs> yeah, that is how money and tiredness works. Yeah, yeah that is how fatigue works. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 the the yeah. South Park episode got it wrong that you don't inject money to cure AIDS. You actually <laughs> just inject yourself with money 
to, to cure tiredness. Yeah, and then you're great at football instantly and never yeah, get tired. Yeah. yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, because yeah, if yeah. someone gives me 50 quid, automatically I'm not fatigued. What are they giving you the 50 quid for, Chuck? Shut up. Don't ask <laughs> questions. Give me 50 quid, I'll show you. Uh, that costs extra. What was I going to say? Sorry, it's the cold medicine. Um, cold I medicine. However, I don't want to sound like I'm just harping on the Kane point because I think that there are much bigger issues going on with Spurs than just Harry Kane being tired and or not having recovered from his ankle injury or whatever's going on with Kane. Um, if you look at their stats, they have actually overperformed both in goals scored and goals allowed compared to their expected averages. So they have scored they have scored more goals than their XG says and conceded less goal than their XGA says. Um, and I think a big source of that is their central midfield. We've talked a lot on this podcast about central midfields determining the reality and the outcomes of teams. And I think that you can see now as Dembele is a year older and Dyer is regressing to the mean, I guess, or having an off season, depending on whichever angle you want to take on it. Like their central midfield is paper, paper thin. I think that Pochettino thought they were going to win the central midfield battle. And that's why he set up the formation he did. And Liverpool just cut through them again and again and again. Yeah. I mean, granted, they were unlucky because, again, at the end, you know, they got a late goal, which is a very good goal by Lamella. And they should have had a penalty. But at the, at the same time as well, Liverpool should have been miles ahead by that point. And I yeah. don't know whether it, it's been a, become apparent to you, but it, it seems that with Mane's strong start, he's almost getting more selfish um, because there were a couple of times where he had perfect opportunities to play it into Salah, who could have buried it. And just went for the other option or just kept the ball for ages. And and even Klopp was visibly getting angry about it. So I wonder if he's kind of getting a bit of an ego about himself saying like, uh, you know, oh, Salah had all of these these goals last year. Like it should be my turn now, which is utter bollocks, really. It's definitely one to keep an eye on that. It was It was noticeable that they didn't seem to want to pass to each other. Yeah, I missed that in real time. But then people were talking about it in our Gafferazzi group chat and... um. I went back and watched the highlights, and it did seem to be an issue. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Klopp has been generally pretty good at maintaining personalities and keeping sort of happiness within his squads in the past. So hopefully he can kind of keep that going. Or not hopefully, because fuck Liverpool. But yeah. Um, you're exactly right, though, Chuck. Like, they, Tottenham may or may not have had a bit of unluck. Is that a phrase? May have been a bit unlucky at the end of the match there. But uh, Liverpool had generated 3.4 XG already. And they only scored two. So that easily could have been a huge play. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that there's some actual issues for Tottenham that the English press and English coverage seems to be, I don't know, hesitant to talk about or be honest with themselves about, if not honest with everyone else. Um, because like their level with United and Arsenal, and everyone's talking about United in crisis, United in crisis. And they had a good result this weekend against a very good Watford team to sort of go against the narrative there. And Arsenal, mm-hmm. no one is taking seriously at all because, like, they need more time. Mm. Emery's a new coach, blah, 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 blah. Spurs are level with them, and Spurs are overperforming their stats in both directions. And I think that it's going to be a tight race for fourth place between those three people. And I think ourselves included kind of took for granted at the beginning of the season that Spurs were better than Arsenal and probably better than even United, or I think I had United second, but that Spurs were going to be a good team. And I think that the 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 sort of worst case scenario that we had talked about in our preview pod of like, 
injuries and physicality and lack of depth and all this other stuff and bad mm. vibes in the dressing room with Pochettino. All of that it seems to be showing already. Um, and they hadn't even started the Champions League campaign. So yeah. I, I, I worry for Tottenham. I think they are much closer to the level of Arsenal and the level of, I mean, maybe United are actually higher than them because United have, you know, they have the whole Mourinho situation, but like if they can start stringing together some results, United are a better team. Yeah. And it, and it really looks like from interviews and from their style of play that a lot of players are stepping up to back Jose Mourinho. Now, whether Jose said something to them or, or trying to get them on side, but you know, that if, if they start to get it together and playing in a, in a, in a much better way in the way they should do, then they will fly. That's it. I mean, the only, the only thing holding them back is really all of that Man United in crisis stuff. And the fact that last year, you know, they, they went about it in a very pragmatic way that the only thing that mattered was the three points and it didn't, you know, that's why they were probably the most uninspiring second place team that's ever been in the Premier League. Yeah. And, and in fairness to them, no one was inspiring last season besides City. City were just so fucking good that there was no one that could catch them at all. And so everybody looked bad by comparison, which I guess to transition to our next topic, compare that to this season. Liverpool, the other team in that Tottenham game, generated 3.4 XG and have had a fantastic start to the season. And Chelsea, people are talking about a three-way title race with Chelsea being top of the table. Yay! Um, and also having a perfect start. Five wins out of five. 14 goals scored, only four allowed. So that's why they're in first place, because of the goal, the goal difference there. Being top, being top of the table is overrated, mate. <laughs> yeah, do, do you want a moment to talk about the, the posh, or...? I mean, not really. A, a moment, a moment for the fallen. Ah, oh, oh. it was such a shame. It was a shame. I mean, for me, I've got, I've got loads of mates that support Portsmouth as well, so it's kind of mixed for me. So I felt bad for you, but felt good for them. Yeah, yeah, it's just shocking. First game you go to, and you get your first loss of the season. So I'm a bad luck charm. I can't go again. I would blame it on the sun, on your son. He's the bad yeah. luck charm, right? Good point. Straight in the army. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so I don't want, I'm biased, probably, although I try to be not biased and sometimes I think I overcorrect, but I'm going to, I'm going to put it up to you guys first. Do we think that it's actually a three-way title race? Do we think that this is a lot of buzz about nothing and that City are still the best team? Is it a two-way title race with City and Liverpool? What's going on there? Like, what do you guys, what, what do you make of this situation so far? I think City are still the best team. I think Liverpool are going to have a massively good crack at it. And if, from what Sari said, that it will take until about November to get, you know, late October, November for the, his team to gel and it to be working. Like, if this is his team not working the way he wants to, then fuck me. I want to see that Chelsea team. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm not biased at all, but they Chelsea look fantastic. Um, still a little bit suspect at the back, like conceding some goals that they shouldn't. Um but if they're going to play like Liverpool-esque way last season and just outscore every team, then as a neutral for me, that's just going to be fantastic to watch every game. And the more teams that are playing like that and that are going to get, ex- like you can get excited by, then the better for the league because it's crap. Although last season with City was impressive, it was crap that, you know, the nearest competitors were so far away. Yeah. So the re-emergence of a, of a kind of, top top tier and it being three teams is really exciting 
I don't feel like we're used to this in the English Premier League as well. Like when uh, when a club near the top of the table gets a new manager, all the talk is of transition, rebuilding, and this looks decent. Like like because he's not had any time to do anything, but he's managing with the players he's got to produce something really impressive. It's only five games in, I get that, but it could be really good because I mean. We just we're just not used to that. We're used to the new manager bounce at the bottom of the table, but yeah. um, you don't usually need to have it at the top of the table. But everyone talks of transitioning. No need at the minute. It's no. it's working really well. Yeah, and he's yeah. the I think he's the fourth or fifth manager to win his first five games in the Premier League. Really? Um, nice. Yeah, awesome. I think after Ancelotti. So I assume. Yeah, that I was going to say. Chelsea I know Carlo well. did it. Yeah. Um, I love Ancelotti. So underrated. I fucking love Uncle Carlo so and his dancing good. eyebrow. <laughs> no, that 2010 Chelsea team is my favorite Chelsea team. Yeah. Like, that's the one that I compare all other Chelsea teams to. Yeah. Because they were just like this team so fun to watch. That was last season City broke the record for most goals scored. It was that Chelsea team that had the record before that. They had 104 goals or 103. They broke the 100 mark, which was right. Yeah. amazing. And they wouldn't. I remember they finished that season. It was like... Five zero seven zero seven zero six zero eight zero. Like they just buried teams at the end of that yeah. season. I think you guys exactly hit it on the head. I think, although for me, I wouldn't say it's so much a new manager bounce as much as it's a new central midfield bounce. Yeah. Um, it's hard to understate the impact, immediate impact of Jorginho and Kovacic. Um, Kovacic wasn't even in for the first couple of matches. Um, and it was already going really well. But then the moment I was there when he debuted against Arsenal. Uh, and then every match since then, like, he looks electric in that central midfield. Jorginho looks like the ultimate general who just positions players like a chess master, says, you go here, you go there, I'm going to pass it to you. He never gives the ball away. Conte is, like, the most... Like, when Conte isn't even getting talked about in a central midfield, and he's probably the best central midfielder in the world, like, Chelsea look amazing. But as you guys noted, there are frailties at the back that I think are genuinely worrying for me, um, specifically David Luiz and Marcus Alonso in a back four on the same side as each other. All of the goals that we are conceding, all of the chances and the high chances that we are conceding are coming from that side, like yeah. people running up the right wing and attack and then either cutting it back or putting it across. Um, and we're going to get found out by better teams, specifically by Liverpool in two weeks. When I think about Mo Salah and Sadio Mane attacking that flank, like, it is currently Chelsea are at the top of the table, and I'm ecstatic about that, and I think that we can, I think we are going to improve. I think that Sarri's right, like, by November we're going to be even better than we are, um, because we are overperforming our stats so far. By a fair margin, too, our expected goals so far is only 9.2, and we've scored 14, so, like, we're pretty much, we're pretty decently overperforming. But so for that reason, I don't think Chelsea are quite at the Liverpool and City level yet. But I do think, and I said this a few weeks back, and I stand by it very much, that Liverpool are a legitimate team. Like they are genuinely very yeah. scary. Yeah, and this is this is the time to really see if they're going to be legit because you know they they just played Tottenham. They're playing at home against PSG now, and they're currently two one up. Um, they then play Southampton. Then in the midweek, next week, they play Chelsea in the League Cup. Then they play Chelsea away in the league. Then they have Napoli away in the Champions League. 
then they have Man City at home. Jeez. So that's that's their schedule. Set that seven games, but over three weeks. Yeah. Oof. Although the the Kitty Cup, no one cares about. Like the League Cup, I don't think either of the teams will be pulling out their best. You said they're beating PSG right now. They're beating PSG two one. Nice. That's that's really good for them. Who scored? Let, oh, uh, let, let's see, Ian. Do you know who scored? Let's take a guess. Do this in real time. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it was <sighs> Wijnaldum and Salah. I didn't okay. even see the lineups. Um, yeah, I didn't see the lineups either. No. Okay. Um, Mane, both goals. Mane, both goals. You both scored zero points. Daniel Sturridge in the 30th minute and James Milner penalty. <laughs> oh, nearly went Milner as well. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, I got Milner in my fantasy team. He's doing well. 2020 yeah. hindsight there. there you yeah, know, yeah, absolutely. Hindsight. There's nothing more annoying than someone saying that. Sorry. Just shows how bad we are at prediction games, which we'll come back to later. Yeah, oh, yeah. we'll get on to prediction games later. Don't you worry about that, Oscar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I know. Um, no, but for me, like, I think City are still the best attacking team, but Liverpool are not that far behind. And Liverpool are also probably the best defense in the league now. And so when you have that combination going in both directions, it's terrifying. Like, I think that obviously it's going to come down to luck. Because it always comes down to a little bit of luck in either direction. Mm-hmm. But they're, they are genuinely in a position that they don't need that much luck to win. And I think this is Liverpool's best chance in a very, very long time. I, I think I think you're right. And it's, it's the time they can ride their luck a bit. Because, you know, last year they were getting a lot of um, decisions going against them and late kind of gut punches. You know, that, that Tottenham game easily... You know, Tottenham should have had a penalty, but then it could easily have been 2-2. And then all of a sudden, Liverpool start to drop off a bit and people question them, even though it's only one game out of the first five and they're still getting points from it. Um, but I think what will be a big thing now for City is the fact that they, you know, they've lost Kevin De Bruyne. Sergio Aguero's currently being, you know, checked out for a potential injury. And Benjamin Mendy is as well. So that's... Mm. You know, Aguero and Mendy have been absolutely fantastic for them this season. Mm-hmm. And, and De Bruyne is De Bruyne. So this could end up being a real test of character for that City team um, if they can ride out this period w- without those guys. Yeah, although we come back to last season, Mendy was out for most of it. They switched Jesus and Aguero from injuries. And, you know, now they have Mares, Now they have Bernardo in his second season really showing signs. So I don't necessarily worry for City in terms of those injuries because they have more than enough depth and they showed last season that they can you know even without Mendy they would just be the team they were last season right so like (laughs) how crazy is that yeah right like they'll just be the team they were last year yeah Yeah, it's just the fact that now you know Leroy Sané can actually come in and play you know his first game albeit against Fulham he scores two goals yeah yeah although Fulham you were talking about how it's nice that there are other teams that are also attacking not just Chelsea Fulham's one of them Fulham and Wolves look genuinely fun down in the mid table i think there's a lot of fun teams this year cardiff. as opposed to like yeah and then there's huddersfield and cardiff who are just absolute <laughs> fucking well actually no actually no 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 no. that i don't think that's fair on cardiff to group yeah, them in we're a pro cardiff podcast yeah huddersfield and burnley are absolute fucking dog shit <laughs> and just are just horrendous to watch like the fact that cardiff are still scoring like they got a 3-2 against arsenal they got the first goal against chelsea like they're, they're trying to do some good stuff and they're, they're exciting and enjoyable to watch. 
the fact that they're yeah. not just doing that. We're the minnows in the Premier League, so we have to sit behind, sit eleven men behind the ball for ninety minutes and hope we can nick a point. And Warnock, for once in a Premier League season, he's you know he's really going for it and loving it, and and it seems like they're enjoying it and they're getting ch- the opportunity to cheer. Like if you're a Huddersfield fan and a Burnley fan this year, yeah. you've got fuck all to cheer about. Yeah, you're not looking forward to Saturdays, are you? No, absolutely not. And, you know, Huddersfield this weekend, because the Palace result this weekend, like, we weren't the better team. We kind of shithoused the win a bit. But, you know, the Huddersfield fans coming out and saying that Palace play anti-football and booing Wilfred Zaha. It's like, mate, your team is literally not scoring goals. That is anti-football. That is the opposite of football. The literal definition of anti-football. Yo, shout out to the Newcastle. Speaking of teams that are dog shit and their fans have nothing to cheer for this season, <laughs> like Newcastle are fucking trash too. They like uh, what, the way they played against Chelsea, where we had like ninety nine percent of possession. It was the mo- we almost broke the record for possession. Then they went out and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna be better against Arsenal. We're not gonna sit back and defend forever." And then they fucking lost to Arsenal, who aren't good, and like they they're not fun to watch. There's no love for the team. The manager hates the owner, and the players hate each other. Like. Yeah, yeah, they're all getting Newcastle. sidelined for injuries, but it's really just personal arguments. And... Yeah, Newcastle are a dumpster fire. And I just kind of feel bad for them. Like, I don't even hate Newcastle enough to laugh at it. Um... Like, it's just sad. <laughs> Chuck's just assessing whether he hates Newcastle. <laughs> no, I don't hate Newcastle. I quite I quite like Newcastle. They're almost Scottish, and Scotland is great, so... <laughs> yeah, I never liked this this kind of delusion that... Newcastle had that they were such a big team and like you know the year before they went down where they were saying they should be competing for Europe it's like yeah mate that's that's not where you are anymore it's not the mid-90s when you're competing for the league title and you've got you know Shearer and Espria and all these just like mentally good players and yeah like yeah know your place in the world now and know that you're owned by an absolute I feel like they do know now. Yeah, I think they know. <laughs> I think like they do know now. I think I feel a bit of sympathy for Newcastle yeah, as a New York Knicks fan. For those of you that follow basketball at all, we had an amazing team in the 90s and we made the finals twice and it was like an exciting time to be a basketball fan in New York and they have been fucking terrible. They went 19 years without even winning a playoff game in between like after that and it's and it's 100% down to a terrible owner that everyone fucking hates. And so like when I see that happening to Newcastle like I take no joy cuz I I'm on yeah. I'm on that same ride for the New York Knicks and it's just so depressing and it's just like I just want to like basketball. I just want to root for my basketball team. And you guys make it so hard. Like I hate the coach. I hate the owner. We like the <laughs> I love your voice is making you sound so emotional right now. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> you're going to break down in tears yeah. in any moment. Oscar, we've yeah. said it many times. This is a safe space, man. This is a safe you space. You need to let it out. You let it out. There was oh. legitimately a run of like four years there where the Knicks just kept signing point guards over and over and over again, which is the equivalent of a team just going out and buying wingers and not having a central midfield, not having a center back, not having a goalie, but having 70 wingers. And you're like, no, we have a point guard already. <laughs> Buy someone else. Stop signing every Good fucking Good to know that other sports are ridiculous as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, American sports are so fucking broken in a lot of ways. I well, whatever. That's a whole separate thing. All right, cool. So that's a wrap on part one. After the break, we'll come back. We'll do some listener questions, some prediction games. 
look at the upcoming fixtures and uh, call it a day. So stick around and we'll be back. Welcome back to Miles Offside Podcast, where we've been celebrating the return of the Premier League and talking about the tippy-tippy top and also the bottom of the pile. We've alluded to it a couple of times in the first part, but we're finally ready to talk about the Miles Offside Prediction League, lads. Yeah. Which is now closed for entries, of You'll course. close the door. Door is closed, bolted shut. Our transfer window. The ho- yes, the window has slammed shut. Like it can't really slam shut if there is a thirteen-week build-up to it and exactly when it ends. <laughs> Slabbing implies a, a certain air of of surprise. I mean, it creaked shut and we let some people sneak in, but it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it creaked shut and then they remind people five minutes before. Oh, by the way, people have still got an hour to sign someone. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, so, how do we want to do this first, gents? Would you like to know your positions, or would you like to know the top? No, I don't. Three. I don't want to know my position. You can <laughs> skip that part if you want. Yeah, let's go with the let's go with the top three. See if any of us are there. Okay. Um, short and sweet then, because <laughs> we're not there. So yes, our top three in third place with a score of sixty-four is uh, Padful um, on Twitter. Uh, second place is our good, very good friend, Mr. James Doncaster, JD, with a score of 56. And top of the pile uh, is Adam P. I believe he's at 35who on Twitter. And he's got a very respectable score of 52 points. Um, so very good. Although I have noticed that, you know, the Johnny Come Latelys are at the top of the league. Oh, right. So okay. I don't know how much we can read into that. So have um, they just taken a screenshot of the table and sent it to you? Yeah, that's basically what they've done. Yeah, Yeah, fuck these guys. Bastards, swines, get them out. <laughs> um, <laughs> to get on to us then, because we were the first three to enter, yeah. which definitely shows up as well. <laughs> um, Ian, Ian, yep. you are currently in seventh place, mate. I'll take that. Seventh place out of 22 with Euro- 68 points. 68, yeah, exactly. Europa League playoff. So you're going to be quite tired coming into the start of next season, mate. Just letting you know that. Sounds about Um, right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, 68. So you're only four points off of top three. Okay. Only four. Me, I'm down in joint, uh, God knows, about joint 18th, 17th. On, oh, seven, uh, 17th is what you go for as well, Joe. 17th, exactly. <laughs> We're all sticking to our remits here. Ian's going to be tired. I'm coming in 17th with uh, 82 points. And then Oscar, he always likes to be a bottom, propping up the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Propping up the table on 84 points wow. is our resident... Yankee Doodle Dandy, Mr. Oscar Puente. Now, I was under the impression that more points is a good thing, so I'm winning <laughs> in my head. Yeah. I have a lot, I have you the most can, points. If, if you want to twist the rules to suit your own game, mate, go go right ahead. Unfortunately, you are still categorically bottom. And 
Anyway, I think you've spent more than enough in the club shop of Chelsea to not need another 50 yeah, oh, quid. Yeah, oh yeah. They have a year's salary for me at this point. Yeah, yeah. this is very true. Wolves, I think, right? My pick of Wolves is what's really fucking me over. I have them yeah. in the relegation zone. Yeah, so you, your two main ones, um, which are similar to everyone, everyone's kind of got a few wrong, but it's still, you know, early days. But yeah, you, you've put Wolves in 20th and they're actually ninth right now. Uh, you put Bournemouth in 17th, but they're 5th. Um, oh. Watford in 12th, but they're 4th. <laughs> West Ham that'll, in 8th, but they're 16th. I'm fine with that. Yeah, similar to me. Like I've got Bournemouth in 18th, but they're 5th. Watford, I've got massively wrong. Burnley, but a lot of people do. Um, Ian, yours are Watford and Bournemouth as well. So, But most notably for you, Ian, an honourable mention is that you are beating your son. And I don't mean that in a domestic abuse way, guys. Yeah, that too, though. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, your boy Finley is on 74. So he's an eight-year-old. Good to know an eight-year-old is doing better than me and Oscar. In with a shout. Um, I also said if if he wins, uh, I'll, I'll buy him a Peterborough shirt, but then we'll also have to do uh, £51 to... The, f- the first non-family member in the league. I think that's only fair. So I might lose out both both ways if he actually wins the league. Congratulations to James Doncaster because he's the only person in the league who's not family, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like of the 20 people, 13 are related to us. That's fine. Yeah. They're, they're all fucking listeners. They all count. <laughs> Listen, guys, we just needed to get the numbers up, all right? I did what I could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did what I could. I married some people I didn't want to. There were some adoptions. Some money some money changed hands. Some words were spoken. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, other interesting ones, actually, going back to what you said earlier, Oscar, about Tottenham and maybe us with predictions. Like, I, I put Tottenham in fifth and you guys both predicted Tottenham in sixth. So we don't have them as having a great season. Hmm. Right. And we and we all have the same top three of Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool, um, as yeah. do most people. Most people kind of went for Liverpool, City, yeah. um, and I think everybody apart from one person has Huddersfield and Cardiff getting relegated. So there are a lot of patterns there, but it's good to see there's a bit of variety in it. And uh, yeah, I'll post that up onto the social medias, and uh, you guys can kind of follow along, and I'll update that every week. Um, but speaking of social medias, Ian, give us some questions. Yes, we've had some socials. Um, on Twitter, uh, Queen Banger got in touch and uh, asked us about what is your favourite goal celebration? You guys got any favourites? When you say banger, does that mean is it someone that bangs queens? Or is there a queen that wants you to bang her? Or uh, It's just the fireworks, mate. A sausage? Yeah, the sausage. I was picturing a sausage. Of course you were. So, queen of sausages. (laughs) (laughs) That has a whole different (laughs) ring of connotations. Worst one of them all. (laughs) I have a a clarifying question. Mm. Do we want our favourite goal celebration, like, standard one that you can do in FIFA that, like, is done by multiple players on multiple occasions, or, like, our favourite single instance of a goal being celebrated one time ever? Go with what you like, Oscar. Well, I know my favorite uh, single instance of a weird goal celebration that I thought was really funny was um, the Chelsea fans out there will remember this. Didier Drogba took the corner flag and played it like a guitar. 
Florent Maluda sat on the ground next to him playing the drums. That's and I think so it was Nicholas Nelka played a trumpet. <laughs> and so like they had like a little band in the corner yeah. and he's playing a Fantastic. guitar like the Beatles. That was super, super fun. I always look back on that as like a, a enjoyable one. Um, and then in FIFA, when I'm playing FIFA, I usually just do like a slide into the corner flag. Like I just like I like a good knee slide, maybe a knee slide and a salute in there. Something like that. Classic. Uh, okay. Do you not do the thing in FIFA then where you just keep running around the opposition player just to taunt them? No. And, no. Then, and then do that celebration that just makes you like completely fall to the ground. Oh, that's uh, L- L1 and Square, I think. I love that one where you just like fall like a brick to the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> they call that the Neymar. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. Yeah, I love doing that one in FIFA. My favorite goal celebration. And we didn't get to see it much in the Premier League because he was fucking shit. Do you remember? Do you remember Bafatimbi Gomez that played for Swansea? Oh my god, that was frightening. And, and his celebration—he'd run towards <laughs> oh, like the god. camera and then go on the floor like a panther, like crawling towards me. the camera. And it was so fucking—it was like that scene in the ring where the girl comes <laughs> out the TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is that? that was but that fucking was terrifying. fucking amazing. So that one made amazing. It into FIFA too. Yeah, it was. If you played as him and you pressed like X and did his celebration, like I loved that. Yeah, that's kind of that's that's my favorite one just for how ridiculous it was. I wish I'd seen that guitar one. I'm gonna have to look that up, Oscar. It's good, it's a good one. Ian, have you got one? As far as I'm concerned, like I love anything uh Peter Crouch does. We've already talked about I think in the FPL episode how I bizarrely had Peter Crouch in my FPL team at some point. But yeah, the robot. I really like Peter Crouch. He's a he's a top man and genuinely hilarious. I mean, there's the classic sort of quote from him that when he was asked in an interview, uh, "What would you be if you weren't a footballer?" and he said, "A virgin." And it's like <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's that. such a great response. But yeah, the robot Crouch's robot I enjoy. But when it comes to individual celebration, I fucking loved it when Robbie Fowler snorted the touchline. <laughs> that was oh, fucking man. brilliant it was Jesus so Christ. good the, yeah to be fair the great like media reaction um yeah. celebrations are the best because you have that one you have gaza in euro 96 yeah, when they yeah, did the dentist course. chair um you had wayne rooney with the knockout you remember after there was that oh, video that was good yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that was good. good um then there was balotelli's weird like why always me <laughs> Um, on the shirt oh Balotelli yeah. was a treasure man I wish we were oh. podcasting back then he was a fucking oh, gift that God, guy would have made the news segment every week ah <laughs> oh, the gift that kept on giving man yeah. that guy I was so tempted for the record to say anything that Jayling does just to get a rise out of Chuck <laughs> yeah but he's only got one celebration isn't he that trademarked fucking bollocks he did he has a really good Millie Rock his form is particularly good I don't know I don't know what that is uh, it's a dance that the youth kids do Ah, uh, the the youngsters. Yeah, he he does like this. It's like a karate chop, but really, yeah, I don't know. works great on an audio format. Oscar, yeah, it I know. Yeah. I'm just doing it to the camera, <laughs> and and especially when I've lost your video feed, so I can't even see that. Oh, brilliant! Right, good, fantastic. <laughs> Google that after the drug. I think all of the like, not to sound now, I am gonna sound like an old, like I'm finally an adult and an old man. But all of these like contemporary celebrations, like you always hear about them doing stuff that's like Fortnite. They're like, oh, you're a prick. <laughs> yeah, you are getting old, mate. I'm so old. It's great. Welcome, welcome to my world. One of the best 
and mo- not necessarily in greatest sort of like ridiculous moment, but I defy anyone to watch the goal when Frank Lampard stepped up to take a penalty. And it was, I believe, the week after his mum had died and he buries a penalty and his dad's in attendance in the crowd and he slides into the corner and breaks down in tears. And even the camera pans to his dad in the Chelsea crowd and there are people going absolutely mental around him and he's just got his hands in his pockets in his coat and you can tell like he's crying and getting emotional. That is one of categorically one of the best celebrations of all time. Yeah, that's my, like, aside from obviously winning championships and beautiful goals and all that, like, from an emotional level, that's my favorite ever Chelsea moment. Like, that was one of the, that was the semifinal against Liverpool in the Champions League in 07, I want to say. Um, and that was, like, one of the moments where I was like, okay, I'm a Chelsea fan for, like, the rest of my life now. Like, that was such a moving moment because his mom had just died. It was his first game back. It was a semifinal against Liverpool. He scores the penalty that puts him takes the lead i think it put him through into the final so it must have been 08 super super emotional i i was crying feels I, I think most chelsea fans were that were watching that live not as fun as drogba playing a guitar in the corner no fans. there you go but it's just just a good way to show that we're not just about dick jokes it's a safe space it's a safe space safe space and that that is a nice way to wrap up that question uh thanks queen banger we got some good ones out of that that was good and uh, we've obviously got one from Dave Stateo, Dave Mateo, whatever. Um, so he said, this week, Football Federation Australia, doesn't sound like a real thing, carry on, uh, talked about having <laughs> songs during stoppages during the match. If you were a player, what song would you have when you got subbed on? Oh, fuck. That is good. I mean, do you think um, they're going to be allowed to choose their theme music as they come on? I mean, that would be amazing. Is this is this just Australia's way of getting more people to watch it? And are they going to go for a football wrestling hybrid where every player <laughs> makes an entrance like the fucking WWE? Yeah, it'll be like the because if Rumble. that's the case, yeah, if that's the case, I'm coming into either Stone Cold's opening yeah. music, or I'm going, or I'm going full sexy Shawn Michaels. Like nice. that's that's what I'm coming into oh, with yeah. the pyrotechnics and the poses the whole fucking shebang if you smell what the chuck is cooking yes (laughs) anything like that like that would be fucking epic yeah um in american sports they do that in baseball specifically because there's so many like weird stops when players are going to come in so when relief pitchers and specific pitchers when relief pitchers and specifically the closer uh comes in they have the same song every time um, and notably, one of the most notable examples of that was Mariano Rivera on the Yankees, who's the greatest ever relief pitcher of all time, Had would come in to enter Sandman. And so they would um, turn down the lights in the stadium, not all the way, but like some of them. Yeah. And then you would just hear the drums of the Metallica song. Dun, 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 dun. And you knew that like he was going to come out and they would play like the full long intro. Jesus Christ. And then he would burst out of the bullpen just like the WWF and like <laughs> run to the pitching mound and the whole stadium would go wild because he's one of the most popular Yankees of all time and one of the best Yankees of all time. That sounds properly dramatic. It sounds properly dramatic until you realise like baseball is like on a par with cricket for how intense <laughs> yeah. it is because yeah. imagine that happening at the cricket and then just someone just steps in the crease and goes like, 
Is it? Is this middle umpire? Yeah. Is this? Am, is this am mid- I on right, silly okay. mid on? Yeah. Am I? Am I on seat? Yeah. Okay. And so it's just kind of a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah. Although unless you're absolutely fucking railed like you like you get at the baseball. Yeah. Well, the closers always come on in like the ninth inning, so everyone is super drunk by the time he comes out. Ian, what's your answer? Uh, the rapper E40. I'm happy to be here. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Getting meta with it. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's it. Uh, mine would definitely be Careless Whisper to George Michael because I love a sexy saxophone. I was going to say, uh, would you dress up as the sexy sax man and come on? Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Miming it, yeah. Doing your hip thrusts. and I was about to try to do the tune, but with my voice, I think it would just completely go away. I was going to be like... Oh, God. Have you seen the YouTube videos of that guy that just bursts into completely inappropriate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what we're talking the about. Sexy the sexy sax, sax the sexy sax man. He's fucking amazing. When yeah. he's yeah, when he's in like he's in like yeah. shopping malls, going through the food court. Um, yeah. He stands on top of a checkout in that a supermarket. Yep. He breaks into a lecture hall that's at like my a university. One. That's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes into the top of a lecture hall, just <laughs> apropos of nothing, and smashes yeah. that solo. <laughs> it's so good. Ever since that video came out, I was I had been begging my wife, actually just girlfriend at the time, you gotta buy me a saxophone. You gotta buy me a saxophone. I want a saxophone for Christmas. I want it for my birthday. Like four years later, she finally gets it for me for Christmas, and I've played it like twice ever. <laughs> She's right. so mad. By the end of the season, I want to hear that solo. Okay, all right. Challenged. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear you playing us out. With that song. You can play it right now. Hold on. Let me pull it up on my phone. No. <laughs> no. I want it no. live. You live. And that's the one time where we're going to live stream the Skype record as well. <laughs> yeah. So everyone yeah, can yeah, see yeah. you doing it in your pants. Yeah. And I want you to grow a mustache just like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to fly over and mic it up properly because there's no other way to do it. So I've got to do that. <laughs> right. I'll tell you what. If holiday. we ever do a live show, I will try unsuccessful oh, to play amazing. that in front of everybody yeah guys no no one's paying to see this yeah uh, well you know Chuck, don't kill the dream i'll play guitar you sing we're laughing It'll be, it's happening if we launch a patreon <laughs> that'll be the highest level of subscription is that right? oscar oscar will uh, no at some point within a six month period oscar will appear at your place of work <laughs> playing the sexy sax man and won't oh. tell you when you, you'll never know he'll just come in into the middle of the biggest meeting of your life and just bust out <laughs> oh, man. i'm gonna be a high level patreon of my own podcast because <laughs> i desperately <laughs> want that i desperately want that uh any any more questions Ian? no more questions but guys we've got an email Hold the fucking phone. What? We have an electronic mail. An electronic mail. It, yeah, no, I, I checked the PO box. There was nothing in that. Uh, okay, but fair I, enough. We've got an electronic mail, and it goes beyond the usual 280 characters that you can have on Twitter, and it's it's a toilet story. Oh, lovely. Yes. We didn't even... Excellent. Did we ask for toilet stories? <laughs> I sort of jokingly put it in the tweet, and then someone... Well, Darren Anthony Hoy came through. He came through. Is it? Would this be the point where you start to get into the email and goes, I'd prefer to remain anonymous for this, lads. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically emailed him back and said, can I use your name? Even though he signed it, I thought I'd better ask. But uh, 
Now, I'm not going to embellish this at all because he paints a picture with words. I am going to do this verbatim. It's it's delightfully written. So um, he obviously lives in Australia. So I, I presume he knows Dave Matteo. I mean, it's only a little place, isn't it? So he must That's know That's how it Dave. works, isn't it? Yeah. And they were all in Lord of the Rings. So they all know each other. New Zealand, but fine. Um, yeah, same shit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all no, it is all the same. And if you believe the flat earthers, it doesn't even exist. So no. it's fine. Um, so uh, yeah, Darren, I, I feel like I, I might put a bed underneath this bit of music. I think nice. we should. I think we should yeah. put a bit of background music. I, on. Okay, I'll put, I'll yeah. knock something up and we'll we'll put something underneath it. Walking home from school in Emu Plains, Australia. Brackets, 11 years old at the time. I felt volcanic percolation. If that isn't a word, it should be. I ran faster than Gareth Bale to the Neopean River to wash off the lactose intolerant from my legs and underpants. <laughs> lactose intolerance as a noun. Afterwards, my relief was only short-lived as I climbed the bank of the river and it erupted again. This time, my horror was amplified as the town's cool gang was heading towards me on their bikes. <laughs> How could I possibly hide the smell and colour of my right leg, which was completely covered in something that resembled Willy Wonka's Chocolate River? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, I pulled it off, I think, only to get home and see my mother run outside with facial expressions resembling someone who'd just left Ryan Fraser on their bench in game week five. Nice little FPL <laughs> reference there. <laughs> She powered up the hose, full pelt, and blasted me clean in the front yard. Humiliation complete. Wow. There's, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> he, he got given the prison treatment by his own mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just blasting <laughs> off the shit with a garden hose in the front garden. <laughs> Stay oh, outside, man. you little fucker. I'll get you in a hose. <laughs> Is that supposed to be an Australian accent? <laughs> What's your go on, give us your attempt. Uh no. <laughs> Without mentioning shrimp on Barbies. There you go. Wow, thank you so thanks for sharing that, Darren. Like, it's that's nice. great. I'm so happy that someone else jumped off the cliff with us with like embarrassing yeah. stories. This is a safe space, we are always saying that. So Absolutely. But it's cause not that many people listen, so it's fine. Yeah. But it was nice to receive something a bit meatier than your usual uh, very short tweet. It was good. Yeah, absolutely. Meteor, let's not use meteor to describe uh, that. Maybe story. not, yeah. 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 Gross. Uh, my favourite part of it is that he was somewhere called Emu Plains. Yeah, I, I glossed That's over that, but yeah. Yeah, gotta love <laughs> that. Is that next to uh, ostrich farms and um, alpaca fields? <laughs> yeah. You were really struggling to get there, Oscar, but well I know. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't think of another flightless bird and just going uh, alpaca. I, I was glossing over everything until I got to Willy Wonka's Chocolate River. That that was basically what I was aiming to get to. But thank you, Darren. That was something to behold. I really enjoyed reading that. That was much appreciated. It really is, yeah. Now, do we think that's actually Dave Mateo just using a fake name? Now, that thought <laughs> had crossed my mind. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. That thought had crossed my mind. Do you think he's getting greedy? He's already got like one, his own segment. Is he trying to get a second one? Yeah, where he just bangs out shit stories. <laughs> yeah, maybe next week we will get one from Ostrich Fields. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But, I mean, you don't have to be Australian to get in touch with us. It's not a prerequisite, despite uh, what we seem to get. 
But thank you, Darren, for that. If you'd like to email us anything longer than a tweet, we are milesoffsidepod at gmail.com and we would be genuinely delighted to read anything you send us. We are yeah. milesoffsidepod uh, on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook as well to uh, send us anything you want to. And I mean anything. Yeah, especially the embarrassing stories because you never know. This could be a rich vein. Yes, and we always enjoy a drink during the pod, so you never know, you might draw more stories out of us because unearthing that story last week has opened the floodgates of bad memories for me. I don't know about you boys. Uh, you got more yeah. to tell. Jeez. Save that for the next mailbag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. It'll be mailbag plus poop stories. It'll be the colostomy bag. As much as I don't <laughs> want to drag us back to football, because it's genuinely my favourite bit of the pod, if we can ever just talk about shit for the rest of it, it's just, I love it. Shit and steaks, that's all you need. <laughs> love shooting the shit. Yeah, yeah, we haven't talk, talked about steaks for a long time. Anyway, um, we should talk about uh, football this week. We we should talk about football? I like that that was almost a borderline question from you there. Should we? Should we talk um, about football this week? Yeah, well, let's go through the fixtures and see if anything catches our eye. Uh, Saturday this weekend, we have got Fulham versus Watford in the early game. Then Burnley, Bournemouth, Cardiff, Man City, Crystal Palace versus Newcastle, Leicester versus Huddersfield, Liverpool, Southampton, Man United, Wolves. God, that's a lot of three o'clock kickoffs. At least it means no fucking Monday night football. Thank God. Late kickoff on Saturday is Brighton Spurs. And then on the Sunday, we have got West Ham Chelsea as the early kickoff at 1.30. And 4 o'clock, Arsenal Everton. Lovely fixtures in there. Anything catch your eyes, Oscar? Uh, Man United Wolves, I guess. Right? I, I want to see if Wolves can keep going. We talked about how they have had the third best defense um, on the road. I would imagine they'll take a more defensive approach than they would at home. And especially against a top side like United. So I'm curious to see if they can pull off a quote-unquote upset there. Mm-hmm. Obviously West Ham, Chelsea. I just I love Chelsea and I want to see if they can keep doing the attacking stuff. Because that match against Cardiff, we didn't talk too much about it. But the one-touch football they were playing was fucking magical. Like, <laughs> I haven't enjoyed watching a Chelsea side this much in a, in a few years. Because they're just so free-flowing and so attacking. And the last two managers have not been that. So... It's been super fun to watch. Um, what about you? I can hear the sexiness coming out in your voice. <laughs> That's <laughs> how much you love it. It's not even bronchitis. You're just pleasuring yourself, aren't you? You filth <laughs> monster. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not really looking forward to any of these games. Yeah, nothing jumps out, right? Like they, yeah. They're no. all kind of eh. Which is usually when there's just some absolutely amazing games in there somewhere. Like all of a sudden, like Huddersfield will learn how to score and it will be like 4-3 against Leicester. Or Burnley, like Bournemouth have been in great form, so they could absolutely batter Burnley. Well, this is the thing. I don't, I, I don't want to keep picking the Burnley game. But again, they've got to get something. Bournemouth looking good form. What's going to happen there? Are Bournemouth going to continue and just smash them or a Burnley going to finally do something I mean a Burnley in danger like from an FPL point of view uh remember a couple of seasons back where you just used to captain whoever was playing Aston Villa I mean if this carries on you're going to captain whoever's playing Burnley you know it doesn't matter if it is Ryan Fraser you'll put the captaincy on him because you know they're just going to get smashed so 
we we said they need to get some points, and I don't want to keep picking Burnley, but Jesus, they've got to get some points. I think yeah. they could get to Christmas and have like five points. Yeah, it looks. Like, that I don't way. think that's unfeasible. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's impossible to to predict. I mean, they've got a. This was their easy run of games, wasn't it? Yeah, and they've fallen at the first hurdle. Yeah, the first hurdle. So you know, they they just lost to Wolves, then they got Bournemouth, then Cardiff, then Huddersfield, then Man City. So it's really over the next three games that yeah. they need to sort it out because things things just won't look good for them. And then that takes them into late October, early November, and they could still have one point. Oh, yeah, and if they can't get a result against either Cardiff or Huddersfield, then like they fucking deserve to be in last place. Like fuck them. Yeah, yeah because yeah. fuck after Man City, they've got Chelsea, then they've got West Ham away, then they've got Leicester away, and then they've got Newcastle at home after that. So yeah, that's that takes them to the twenty fourth of November. And if at the minute they're on one point, one point. Yeah. You're right, Oscar. Like they could easily get to Christmas and be on about five, six, or, or still in single figures for points, and that is no looking good. Um, at second glass at this list, I would just say Fulham Watford could easily be a very high scoring, open, fun match to watch. Yeah, yeah, especially the early kickoffs. The early, yeah. the early kickoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I still need to look at it if they do, but they always seem to have this unpredictable nature about them. Like I always. I like sticking away from the early kickoffs in terms of like fantasy football and also like when I used to bet. Yeah. Um, just just sticking away from those games because it always seemed like anything could happen in them. Feels unpredictable, doesn't it? Yeah. Either either like there'll be absolutely drab, horrendous games and there'll be nil nil, mm. or the team that should get absolutely blown away somehow nicks a one nil win. Um, so I think Fulham and Watford, like you said, Fulham are playing quite attacking football and looking good at times and, and starting to get a bit more cohesion as a unit. And Watford have been on fire. You know, I don't think it's... It's, it's no shame that they lost to United 2-1, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. And then potentially just for another absolute goal fest, Cardiff-Man City. If Cardiff really are going to go at teams... Yeah, they do that again. Yeah, Man City in the last few games haven't looked, you know, that great defensively, even though they, you know not conceded many goals and and for xg they haven't conceded much but you know they've still got some mistakes in them especially if like vincent company's playing he just looks mm. it's kind of like he's done almost to be honest yeah, yeah. Did flush yeah. Now, I think. put him out to pasture yeah you know he's been there 10 years and he needs to move to the mls he's about that age <laughs> it's about time actually you know what that would be a good project for dave because he's he was always asking for like fun statistical things to look into on twitter I wonder if the 7.30 fixture really does have a greater variance compared to the quote-unquote expected results given, like, league position. You could run a regression of, like, league position to actual result in the 7.30 match, or the 12.30 match, sorry, um, <laughs> or whatever the hell time that is in Australia. <laughs> the early match, yeah. <laughs> and see if the early match really does have, like, a greater variance against the expectation than any other time, and, like, try to explain why that might be the case. I'm, I'd... I wish I had the time to sit down and do that deep dive with the data and see if there's anything there. Because I'm very curious now that you brought it up, Chuck. So, Dave, if you're still looking for ideas, that might be something to look into. Just preying on the fact that Dave literally has nothing to do. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got nothing else to do. I, I, I read today he's applied for a master's, so he's got nothing else to do, has he? Yeah, yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got bugger, <laughs> bugger else on. Clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that wraps it up um, for this week, doesn't it? Yeah, why not? Um, 
I love the way it always feels like a question, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't know. It's fine. You're a co-host. Take the lead. It's fine. Yeah, but by this point, I'm about four beers in and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's like, so that about wraps it up? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, probably, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because last week I did it and you're like, uh, actually, I want to say that. I was like, all right, fine. Oh, did Fucking we? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Liverpool won 3-2. 91st minute goal. There you go, lads. Yeah. Wow! I realise I realise only you two are getting this information live, but I wanted to break it to someone. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks. Unless there are people out there that do deliberately not listen, uh, or no, sorry, do listen or don't follow the scores, like when you do the match of the day thing, <laughs> the miles offside challenge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gonna try and stay away from the scores until we might yeah. live blurt them out if we see them and or can be asked. Yeah. yeah, and, I haven't and done the ma- don't make mistakes because we're pretty <laughs> yeah. notorious yeah, for like. True. Yeah. I don't think anyone's doing that. <laughs> no, I haven't done the match of the day challenge in years. Actually, I find it virtually impossible. I mean, fucking hell! You just have to turn your phone off, wouldn't you? Is that is the match of the day challenge something like the the seventeen orgasms in a day challenge? Or I mean, um... you don't end up as exhausted or chafed. Um... <laughs> Do we want to do you want to bring that up, Ian? I saw that on your both, uh, both on seem your equally impossible. Uh, yeah, what the, <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't really want to bring it up, but I can do. Yeah, uh, I saw a tweet <laughs> from the uh, QI thing that said the a study in the eighties said the maximum number of orgasms a man could achieve in um, twenty four hours was eighteen. And yeah, I tweeted challenge accepted, but I'm thirty four. That ain't fucking happening. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were just going to describe the match of the day challenge then, not go for the 17 orgasm challenge, but... Well, he fucking asked. <laughs> I was asking about the match of the day challenge. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am, wanking away. <laughs> <laughs> wanking away, live. Because he's not going to let recording a podcast get in the way of the 24-hour wank yeah. challenge. No, exactly. I, I immediately started as soon as I saw the tweet. Right, okay. The match of the day challenge is trying to avoid all of the scores until you watch match of the day, which is on like I don't know ten o'clock or something over here. So you literally for the whole whole of Saturday you're trying to avoid the scores. So yeah, like Chuck says, you have to turn off your phone. You can't really watch telly or anything, and you ha- try and avoid it until yeah. you watch the highlight reels on match of the day and find out the scores as you watch them. Yeah, and you can't. So obviously the same like for fantasy football, you can't look at your team or anything. Yeah. And yeah. I saw the reason it reminded me of this is because I saw a tweet. I don't know how verified it is or whatever, but um, that someone did the match of the day challenge when they'd captained Hazard this week, and so they oh get to watch match of the day God. and then just see his FPL captain banging that a hat trick and dream. just go fucking winner. That so yeah, it's very dream. good. Yeah, and then he jerked off eighteen times. I was going to say by yeah. ten o'clock, and then he, he, and then he broke the the orgasm <laughs> record as well. Yeah, by ten o'clock he was sixteen in, and that pushed him over the edge. Yeah. yeah. So if uh, if United go and score nineteen goals at the Wank Arena against Young Boys, is that going to does that count? Oh, I was really hoping we'd manage to not ever talk about the Wank Arena ever again. Oh my Mourinho's god! got a date at the Wank Arena with, with the, the Young, young Boys. boys. Oh God! <laughs> oh, it's just that really does leave a sour taste. And on that note, we will say goodbye. So, thank you very much for listening. If you have gotten this far, <laughs> congratulations or sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we'll be back with you next week same time um we'll be in the same place unless ian's gonna go off with another ironing board again um can't mention it too loud because he's on the current one right now um yeah. anything else to add lads 17 and counting 17 and counting thank you very much guys say goodbye oscar goodbye oscar say goodbye ian bye <laughs> and it's 18 times from me goodbye guys If I had a cat, I would name it Kitty A. Catba. <laughs> I've thought a lot about this. Uh, I never want would a cat, you, but if I did would have you, one... Would you not want a dog called Diddy A. Dogba? I guess. That seems lazy, though. <laughs> Just want to go the extra mile. <laughs> Kitty A. Catba, yeah.